Welcome to the Breaking the Limit podcast. My name is Kyler. In each episode, I'll bring you an exciting topic or conversation that will inspire you to create your own change and break the limits that are holding you back. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get started. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Breaking the Limit. In this episode, I speak with Holly Hamill, a psychic medium and transformational guide. In this conversation, we talk about when Holly knew she had psychic abilities, how she dealt with them while growing up in the church, and how her special gifts can help others heal, grow, and transform into their greatest version of themselves. This conversation was so much fun. Holly has a special talent of infusing comedy into everything she does, including her coaching, and she really just encourages people to truly be their authentic selves, no matter how silly or outrageous it may be. If you're interested in getting a psychic reading or would like to hear more about what Holly has to offer, please find the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to the conversation. Holly, thank you for coming on to the Breaking the Limit podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm really excited for uh, this interview. I'm so honored to be here and it's such a gift to be in your presence and I love your your previous podcasts that I've listened to. And I think you bring such a great energy to the world. So it's a, it's a huge honor to, to be in this invitation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. So I guess the first question I have for you is I understand that you're a psychic medium. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So, um, I can feel, hear, see, know, sometimes smell and sometimes taste, um, spirit. And I have a close personal relationship with my spirit guides and they inform me, they act as intercessors, um, with the spirit guides of others. And I'm able to, to connect with what each person's spirit guides need them to know for each situation. And I can also channel the dead, the people that have crossed over, I can connect with them and commune with them for healing and closure. And I also do the Akashic records. So I read Akashic records, which are, it's almost like a giant existential like server. So I can tap into people's past lives and get thematic meaning to help them at whatever crossroads they're at presently. Is that something that you were born with? When did you discover that you had these abilities? I do believe that I was born with it. I remember hearing voices when I was young. I remember having a presence of, I I think at that time, I thought it was imaginary friends or guardian angels. And I remember having that from as soon as I was verbal is when when I can remember back to that presence and and I had that this just heavenly host angelic presence whatever it is spirit guides I guess now that I know a little bit more about it or I'm feeling into it more so I had them around me and I always wanted to be connected to a higher power god creator infinite incorruptible source whatever it is that people want to call it the universe um I've always had a need to feel very deeply connected in relationship with that essence whatever that is 
And um, I was raised in the church. And so when I got to a certain age, probably around seven or eight, I started learning that, you know, being psychic or witchcraft or any type of thing that was not of the church, you know, was not uh, allowed, that it was evil, which is funny now that I think about it because there was, you know, prophets, um, people that, that were seers and healers and things like that in the Bible. But for whatever reason, it felt like I wasn't allowed to do that, that that was bad for me. And then also learning that people who hear voices are crazy. And so um, in my deep desire to um, to be pious, to be a good Christian girl and to not be crazy, I started shutting it down. And then also I had um, some moments where I was overwhelmed and I would maybe hear things that were sense things, presence you know, feeling the presence of <clears throat> different energies that were a little bit bigger and more, um, it was just overwhelming to me as a child. And so, and scared me. So I would like, la la la, I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. Like that's not really there. It's just my imagination. Like I want it to go away. And so I started shutting it down at a pretty, pretty early age, you know, just out of fear and not knowing what to do with it. Do you think that it's possible that everyone has psychic abilities? I do believe that. I think yeah. that all of us have have spirit guides, a heavenly host. I think all of us have access to this perception, just the same as, um, you know, that, that ideally most of us are born with our five senses intact and we can sense these things. And then every now and then we have situations where there's, um, you know, like maybe a person will be born deaf but then their, their sense of sight is strong or they're, um, or they're born blind and then their sense of hearing gets stronger. So I believe that we have all of these senses and that we can um, compensate in order to, to navigate this reality. Yeah, and I do believe that some of us are, um, you, you know, just like you're sometimes you're naturally good at music or you're naturally good at art or sports or things like that. And so I do think that some people are just born naturally better at things, but I do believe that you can be taught. Is it possible like you dream of something happening and then like it does happen? Premonitions and prophetic dreams. Um, there, you know, there, there's so many recordings of things like that, like throughout history. It's even in the Bible. It's in um, ancient Greek writings um, about psychics and, and people that have premonitions that kind of had this extrasensory perception. And so I totally believe that. I really truly believe like in psychics and I've had a couple psychic readings and it just amazes me the things that they can tell you where you're like, okay, literally no one would have known that unless they were in my house or they were part of my family, you know, like the things they've come up with um, has been super wild and just connecting with like my father showed up in a psychic reading for me, which was really amazing. And um, I haven't had one since my mom passed away, but I'm really interested in doing one for sure to see if she can come through and what she has to say. That would be really amazing too. So it would be great to do a, a future podcast with a mediumship if you wanted to try to contact. Yeah, them. yeah. usually I would like, love to do that. Yeah, one at a time is a little bit easier just because in that way it's sometimes I feel like the wires get crossed if I try to do more than one person at a time. And then it's mm -hmm. like, who's saying what? Um, but um, that would be really fun. I would be very delighted to do that with you that would be awesome so i understand that you love comedy you had a youtube video go viral uh you had forty six thousand views on it tell me a little bit about that video what inspired it what inspired the character and how it ended up going viral 
Yes. So, so technically, I, th I think viral is like when it's over a million views or something like that. But it was um, uh, the last time I checked, it was like a maybe like a year ago when you could see it on Facebook. It was like forty six thousand at that point. And then, so people insisted that I do a YouTube channel with it. So I've been kind of funneling people through that. But um, yeah, the character was uh, Angel Marie Sugar Baker, and she was a evangelical um, Southern. Uh, preacher lady and she was probably modeled after a little bit off of like church lady from Saturday Night Live a little bit after uh, Tammy Faye Baker from the 80s um, and then also some characters that I've seen de designing women the southern <laughs> southern sitcom um, <clears throat> and then also um, just my experience in in growing up in the church and watching um, watching shows and seeing the women in church and so she's you know, the higher the hair, the closer to God type of woman. And um, so that character was developed during the pandemic when it first started in the, I think it was like around the spring of 2020 or maybe the beginning of summer. And I was um, doing a sobriety challenge <laughs> and I had challenged myself to 90 days of not drinking um, before the pandemic hit. I'd gotten into um, doing life coaching and I wanted to be sober in solidarity with some of my clients that were struggling with addiction. And so, so I was like, I'm going to do this um, and I'm going to be sober. And then the pandemic hit and all of the fear and drama and chaos and everything. And so I said, I've got to do something to have some stress relief, to feel some kind of escape from this like hellscape that we were in. And so I, I decided to try to do something funny because, you know, laughter is the best medicine. So I created this character and she was, um, it was in the, the midst of all the toilet paper drama and people talking about bidets and that was all the rage on Facebook. And so um, basically I created this, this story about this woman in the church who was warning against the evils of using a satanic spritzer, the bidet, that it um, defiles your soul and that, um, and that, that it was a liquid form of masturbation. And so <laughs> bidets were evil. And so not bidet Satan was the, uh, the premise of this and getting people to turn back to the holy role <laughs> of toilet paper um, and make America wipe again. <laughs> it was hilarious. I watched it. I laughed, laughed so hard. It was so good. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. I just made it for my friends. And then I ended up um, getting such a great response from them. So I decided to post it publicly. And then it got shared far and wide. And um, it was it was just a really fun experience to see how um, how far it got shared and where it went. And I was kind of like trolling people. I was following like where it was shared and then what people were saying. And the, um, the funniest part was uh, I thought that maybe it would like offend Christians or, you know, I was like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't, I like to, I don't want to punch down with any of my humor, but it was, you have to laugh at some of the stuff. <clears throat> and what ended up happening was um, people that were actually just hateful towards Christians <laughs> were not realizing it was satire. <laughs> and so they were like, look at what they're doing now. You know? <laughs> and it was this, um, Can you believe the Christians look at this, you know, and, um, and just like hating on, that thinking that it was real and it was so funny to me that how how people could not understand it was satire because I was like talking about the bidet being Beelzebub's bridge to your bottom like who doesn't know that that's a joke it was a it was a hoot so I was following that and then like some people were like we're not sure if it's satire or not and then this one guy was like that posted it said yeah this reminds me I grew up in churches like this it's really hard to tell she's like so spot on uh I can't tell if she's serious or not, you know, but I, I left the church and now I'm, you know, 
uh, gay and I'm doing all this, you know, living this life or whatever. And so like, so I went in on his post and was trolling it as myself. Um, and I was like, we sure do miss you at church, Ricky. Where you been? You know, we're praying for your soul. And, um, and he was like, who are you? What's going on? And so we ended up being friends after that on Facebook because I was trolling his uh, his post where he reposted that. It's it was just so much fun. It went so many places. How'd that make you feel to have a viral video? I feel like that would be pretty pretty amazing to see that it go that far and wide. It was um, shocking. <laughs> it was shocking because I was like. Um, just to think about like just doing something silly for my friends and then having it um well really you know the the whole the purpose the whole reason behind it my intention was to create a little bit of levity in such a dark time where people were having so much pain and fear and um despair and like just no release you know people couldn't gather and party and like and so um, I just felt like it was, it ended up being good medicine the way that I, I set out to do it. And I had no idea it would be on that scale. Um, and then even one of my friends was an acquaintance from the Burning Man scene that I'm um, really passionate about. She had been sharing it and then she was at work and she heard her coworker, she heard my voice coming out of like her coworkers computer like um, in the cubicle next to her. She heard me do it and heard the Angel Marie Sugar Baker character. And so she's looking over like, what's going on? <laughs> like, why are you, are you listening to this video? And it turns out it was um, a kind of famous Instagram DJ, uh, Hullabaloo is his name. Mm -hmm. And so he was sampling my, the audio clip from Angel Marie Sugarbaker and putting it into like a dubstep song or something, making an electronic song with that sample and it like, um, not bidet Satan. And so she just happened to hear it at the right moment and recognized it and sent it to me. And so, um, that just, it just continued going and like unfolding and, uh, taking new life and iterations and other people's creativity. And it just got, it just got very silly and, and super fun. So obviously you're really into comedy then making, making a video like that. How does that tie into your psychic abilities and uh, coaching? How does that all kind of come together? I'm trying to kind of like see how to fuse that even more. But really what I've been doing is inviting people to, to work with me and know that it doesn't have to be so serious and like drudgery. I think so many people are afraid that doing shadow work per se is going to be so dark and scary and heavy and um that it's going to you know be painful and like yeah I mean it can be all those things but it doesn't mean that it can't be fun too so one of my other catchphrases is WTF where's the fun and I love to just let people know that that we can do all this work and yeah you're probably gonna cry you're probably gonna you know dig up some some ancestral trauma and things like that but but it gets to be fun too and it's you know we're we're whole multi-dimensional beings and and we get to bring all the parts of us and all of the experiences that all of the the expressions of being a human into anything that we do and I like to do this just full spectrum experience so that when people come and work with me they learn to laugh at themselves and not take life so seriously and just really understand the divine cosmic joke that this whole existence is and so while we're doing this shadow work and while we're doing um you know healing ancestral trauma and all the things that are difficult inner child healing we get to laugh and we get to have fun and and there's a, a big element of play in what i do and so 
um, I, I feel like it's it's really something unique and different that that I get to bring, you know, being my full authentic self. It doesn't have to be all serious and uh, solemn and holy and sacred. And it is, it is all those things, but it's also profane and silly and hilarious and just accessing all different types of the human experience for healing. Laughter is the best medicine. And, and it's really important that we do this shadow integration, but it doesn't have to be so dark and scary and heavy. We get to laugh. We get to, to experience the divine comedy. Yeah, I've heard of some pretty interesting techniques, you know, for dealing with like anger or dealing with certain emotions that can be, um, you know, like ridiculous and fun. Like, do, do you have any of, uh, do you give any of your clients like homework like that, like doing, doing like fun things to deal with difficult emotions like anger or depression or anything like that? Yeah, we do all different types of things. We, um, I've, I've had people do, well, we can do like pattern interrupts where we can, when we're in the midst of a difficult situation, um, I'll just, I'll sense when it's, when it's time to like bring laughter in, you know, if, if somebody's getting, <clears throat> you know, really into their trauma and, um, and I know that they've gotten what they needed in order to almost like throw them a lifeline out, I will, I will do a pattern interrupt with a joke around then or something, <clears throat> something that where we laugh, but it just really creates this warm environment where people are um, knowing that they're safe and held, even when they're doing, you know, some deep, deep um, subconscious work. And so, you know, funny things would be, um, you know, I, I assign homework to do, uh, to do videos, to write, write about humor, to, to do something that puts them outside of their comfort zone, um, to do art. And so just infusing humor in, in anything, looking at ways to, to inf infuse magic and humor and anything has been, um, I guess it's kind of my brand. It's the, uh, it's, it's my unique flavor that just kind of how I was made. And I just want to share that with the world. So I am um, shamelessly, uh, I will have no problem going back and liking somebody's picture from like 2006. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like shameless about it. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm digging in. I find you interesting. Let me like go through the, <laughs> the records here and see what's happening. Oh yeah, I love that. And so like, yeah, I guess there's some kind of um, interesting etiquette or like, Oh, it's like, God. it's like creep. It's like creeper mode, right? Like that's what people, problem. Yes, that's what people like, label it as. You're like, great. Oh, they were creeping me. You know, oh, I'm, oh, I'll, I will creep. Into your profile. <laughs> if I'm interested in somebody, I will dig, I will stalk. <laughs> I have like no problem with it. It's just genuine interest. Like, why are we, uh, why do we create that taboo of like going back and looking at something from the past? Like if I'm interested in a person, I will go through every picture that they have to, to get to know them better just because I'm, you know, if I'm interested, I'm interested. <laughs> I love humans too. I just find them just like so adorable and precious and fascinating. And yeah, so I have, I have zero problem uh, creeping on somebody's old, old pictures. And I, I don't even like think that I, I just reject that taboo. I don't know why that's a thing. I mean, let, you know, please come and look at my old, old pictures so that you can see where, where I've been and where I'm going and how far yeah. I've come and you know, <laughs> enjoy all the aspects of me. Why not? Yeah, I, I can definitely appreciate that. And like, I, I don't know if I'm brave enough to like something from, you know, years ago or months ago, it's whatever. Don't let anyone know yeah. about this like kinkiness of like going into someone's past pictures available <laughs> for everyone. Like, like go and look at it, but don't dare like it. Yeah. God forbid. I'm definitely like, guilty of that. I'll, why? You know, why? <laughs> I'll creep back, but I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> that might creep them out or that might 
Oh, please, yeah. please. Anyone that's listening, please go back and like my pictures from, <laughs> you know, nineties or whatever. Like go to my MySpace, light it up. <laughs> what, uh, otherwise, why am I putting this stuff out there? I didn't put it out there for you not to enjoy it. Like, let me know, give me some feedback. True. <laughs> like, yeah. What is this? Cause we're all looking at them. We're looking at them. So like, we know that we're all doing it, but then it's like, don't actually respond to it. Like, what, what are we hiding? <laughs> it's also very helpful to see for ourselves and for other people too, um, how far you've come, right? You share a video exactly. from years ago and you're like, this is what I used to be like, and this is what I am now. And it's, it's completely different, right? So I mean, if people don't want you to look at that stuff, then you would like delete it, right? Like I just, it's such a funny, humans are so funny. Just <laughs> the funny things that we like decide are like taboo. And it's like, yeah, go back and look, like, please. I mean, we have like, if you go to someone's house, say, um, and may, or maybe you visit their parents' house or something. Um, and you see the pictures. I remember the first time I went to my former husband's parents' house and I saw all these pictures of him from like his baby pictures through like awkward teenage years and things like that. And it's wonderful. It's endearing. And so like, why would we like, and I, you know, and I, ooh and ah and, you know, coo over these baby pictures of him. So like, why would I not do that? It's the same thing. It's just like intimate, you know, I don't know why people are afraid to express love and express you know just genuine appreciation Mm. I don't see what's wrong with that (laughs) yeah I guess it can be like a vulnerable thing or like I don't know fear of rejection or something maybe if you people if they don't take it well or people might see you as like that's weird why they like my photo from years ago or something because it's still out there well why is it still out there I don't I don't care if they're years old if people want to like my picture go for it <laughs> I'm let's for change it. the culture let's change the culture on that go back and like stalk my profile stalk <laughs> me please like enjoy me I'm not putting it out there for myself like well I mean I guess I am too I, you know some a way to record things but like you know why are we why are we withholding love you know <laughs> why are we doing that stop withholding love America and Canada yeah. and, and whoever Canada. else is on <laughs> the world, anyone who's on social media, stop withholding love. Go back and show people how lovable they were 10, 20 years ago, however long <laughs> social media has been around. You know, go back and go back and love it. Don't hold withhold love. That's 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 the thing that should be shamed if we're shaming things, which I don't make a habit of shaming things. I don't like shame. I don't do shame. But like if we're like looking at like, you know, what's weird, it's weird not to love, you know, it's weird not to like give people positive accolades like why would we do that why would we withhold our love anyway True. I'm, yeah. I'm done with that rant thank you <laughs> <laughs> we can start a movement and we'll call it like hashtag stalk my profile or something yes <laughs> yes let's normalize <laughs> past picture liking we'll come up with something catchy we'll, we'll brand it we'll get my people on it <laughs> okay <laughs> my people will talk to your people okay good we'll get the, hash- <laughs> we'll get the hashtag committee <laughs> on it Let's bring back loving the archives. So how do you navigate all sides of you? Sacred, profane, comedic? Yes, that's a great question. Um, how do I navigate it? I just, um, I just really push myself to be authentic all the time. I don't like when I feel myself wondering, is this too much? Is this too weird? I just push it even further. And I have always gotten the best results with that. And even, you know, and sometimes things that I'm just like, oh, I can't say this. Like it's, you know, I, I'm at the PTA. I can't possibly talk about this right here, right now. I don't want to embarrass anybody, myself, my child, whatever. But the more that I'm authentic, the more that I lean into all the aspects of myself and not try to 
segregate myself, like all the different parts of myself, the more that I lean in and integrate fully all the, the weird, wonderful, beautiful, profane, kinky, um, magical, whatever sides of myself that I am, the more I press in, the more people seem to love it. And the more I give other people permission to do the same. And so why would I not be myself? It's, it's so exhausting and such an energy drain to, to try to edit or to not be authentic. The more authentic I am, the more fulfilled I am, the more energy I have to be more authentic. It creates a positive feedback loop. And, mm. and I remember when I first like really started experimenting with letting the zany things inside my head out. Um, I think I had, maybe I had done that a lot, like with my closest friends, like through middle school and some of our creative endeavors and things. We used to do a lot of, me and my friends, Amy Hackmeister and Kim Kiker, shout out. Um, we used to do uh, videos, and Tina Galena. We used to make these like music videos with, um, we would do musicals like, Rocky Horror Picture Show or The Sound of Music or like whatever crazy things. And we would like act it out and we, you know, theatrical kids. And um, so I think some of them, you know, and some we'd write like SNL skits and things like that. And so some of my, my friends knew the inner weirdness of my humor and my creativity and my the zaniness of like how deep that goes inside. But I didn't really let a lot of other people see that as I got older and when I finally decided to start letting it out, it was through um, being in the Burning Man community. One of the principles is radical self-expression. And I have a friend there that was so zany and so weird and so wonderful and so entertaining and so lovable in his weirdness, Sully Shippel Dippelson. <laughs> and um, uh, one time I just decided I'm gonna try to out weird Sully. I'm gonna try to like, whatever he says and does, I'm going to raise the bar on the weirdness and the just out there, like outrageousness. And um, ever since that, and we had a great time and like, he'd say something weird and I'd go even farther and like even more depraved and even more like just utter fuckery. And so can I cuss on here? Is that okay? Um, yep. That's all good. So, I'll just okay. hit the, uh, I'll just hit the box that says this <laughs> This uh, episode contains explicit content. Okay, <laughs> that's a good idea for me. So. <laughs> yes, <Okay>. explicit, <laughs> extra and explicit. <laughs> the warning label. So, um, so I just went deeper and deeper into like just depravity of like just what can I say that can top this just crazy comment he just made, and we just got weirder and weirder and went further down the rabbit hole, and it was amazing and people loved it and like it was like I'm just I can feel my like ribs hurting right now because of how hard we laughed I'm remembering laughing so hard till you're just like whole body hurts with um pleasure <laughs> and so um uh just getting deeper and deeper into uh that that radical self-expression and the more I did it the more people liked it and I, and I just thought to myself why have I been holding myself back mm. like this is you know, the fear of rejection or the fear of judgment or the fear of like being too weird or too much or whatever, like <clears throat> it was all a lie. The more that I, the more that I pushed myself deeper into my authenticity and creativity and weirdness, the more people loved it and the more joy that it brought. And then the more love that I felt. And so 
it was just one of those moments where I was, I just decided that I'm never going to like hold myself back and not express myself or to limit myself or to, to have segregated like aspects of myself. Yes. I know how to be appropriate and, you know, in different settings for the most part, I do push the envelope, but, um, but why, like, why are we like limiting ourselves? Like why, why feel, um, in bondage from that, you know? So I just like to, I like to just really like push the edge of appropriateness now and, and it's fun and it gives other people permission to do the same. And we laugh more and we feel more love and we feel more vulnerability and more connection. So. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. It must've been freeing for like, not only you, but for other people that were there too. Right. Because it's freeing for you because then you can just be your complete self without worrying and then it also gives other people permission to be themselves too, right? And they're like, oh, okay, maybe I can be myself, you know? Exactly. So, and uh, it's like, I just keep like taking it like more and more like high sensation, like and more and more fun and just creating this environment where like anything's possible and the creativity and acceptance and encouragement and um, just hilarity, the healing that's come out of, of leaning into these these parts of ourselves and creating an environment to do so has just been such a it's been such a beautiful gift and such great healing spaces without even knowing at the time that that's what we were doing but I know now so now I can recreate those healing spaces and and laughter really is the best medicine yeah yeah that's really why I love these communities you know like the fear to fuck it and it just gives you permission to really just like be yourself and that's something that clearly, you know, I came out as trans when I was 31. So it took me a very long time to, you know, I struggled with my gender from a very young age and it took me that long to be like, okay, I feel like I can, well, really it didn't come from a place of me being like, I can finally be myself. It came from a place of, I can no longer continue living this way. And then I had to do it. Right. But um, yeah, that's just been completely freeing too. Right. To just be able to be myself, but it's a very much unlearning process. Right. Because for so many years I had this like dark shadow this secret that I couldn't tell anyone so I lived in so much shame and so much fear for so long that unlearning that is very much a very long process but uh, it's been a journey it's been it's been fun you know so I commend you and I love I love that and I like have so much love and support for my trans friends that I mean it's it takes a lot of courage and the thing that like just like I have, I'm so fascinated with the trans experience. And so I, I paused and asked myself, I was like, am I, am I fetishizing this? Am I, is this a healthy fascination? And then what I realized was it's, it's not fetishizing. I think I'm, I'm so in love with, um, transformation. I'm so in love with authentic living. I'm so in love with people that are breaking the shackles of, um, self-imposed, society-imposed, church-imposed, shame-imposed limitations, you know, and I love that, that essence of, like, the coming of age, um, the, the true breaking forth, the transformation of, of any sort, like, I just love it, like, that is, that is the stuff that makes me feel alive, that gets me, like, just lights me up, like, I love transformation, and that can be, um, transformation of a teen, you know, becoming an adult. It can be the transformation of a, um, a person becoming a mother. Um, it can be the transformation of crossing over through death, like any type of transformation, just like, I'm here for it. That is my purpose is to like love and support and to encourage 
people transforming. So I call myself, it's not a life coach, but a transformational guide. Mm. And um, so just, just really like helping and supporting and loving people, um, empowering them through whatever transformation it is, even if it's just from the old me to the new me, um, I just, it just lights me up. And so, um, yeah, I just commend you for, for being brave enough to be your true self. And it's such a beautiful example, even like defying, um, you know, reality biology, you know, doing the steps that it takes to do that. Like, fuck yes. You know, I just, just full support and like transforming and like coming out of that cocoon that, you know, felt limiting to you and just being your full, vibrant, delicious self. Mm. So, yeah. Clearly, I'm passionate about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely been life changing. You know, just even the people that have come into my life since I've been more authentic and 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 been more me. You know, has been has been amazing too. It's really helped. Like, I didn't. I never let anyone like close before, right? Because I'm like, well, they can't get to know the real me. Where now I'm like, well, I feel more authentic now, and people can't actually get to know me. So it's just really like strengthened my relationships with people and stuff. So it's been exactly. beautiful. Exactly. It's yeah. this. It's this like cosmic. Um, it's it's almost like this lie that we tell each other. You know that that if I'm the real me, I'm not going to be lovable. Mm. Like how fucked is that? You know, like yeah. the more real you are, the more the more like you create almost like more surface area in your your being more places for people to connect to you create more like portals in your in in your essence you know more more places for people to plug into into um more facets you know for you to love and then there's people that are saying like okay well if this person is living authentically and has broken the shackles of whatever bondage they may have whether it's you know physical or uh, dogmatic or political or whatever they're breaking what you know in like love and social whatever breaking these bonds like if they can do it and they're so lovable then maybe I can too and that's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. yeah I love that so what type of clients are drawn to you and what are your other areas of specialty okay so um so clients in transition uh, ones that are are ready to um, get out of their own way. They're just like sick and tired of being sick and tired, just calling out into the universe. Like, please, someone help me. I cannot tell you how many times, um, clients tell me like once they finally find me that they had just in the recent past had this existential call to the, to the void. Like, please send me somebody. like, please, like I need help. I need, I need divine guidance. I need, I need support. Like, I can't just keep going on like this. Um, and even like when I, when I was um, younger, I started noticing that there was this trend and even like people that I would date, um, they, this common story that they would always say, like, I was at this point of just like crying out in the night, you know, praying to whatever gods may be, um, please, I need help. I need someone, I need something. I need a, I need like a, I need a hand. And, um, and then I would appear. And so <clears throat> I'm not trying to sound any, you know, self-aggrandizing or anything like that, but I do, I do feel like I have, I'm, I'm on that like operator switchboard, you know, when somebody's like, please, I'd like, I'd like to make a call to the universe. I need something different than this. Like I can't continue this way. And so then I feel like there's some kind of way that I'm wired that I can feel it. I can hear it. I can like feel that like universal like cry. And, um, and so that, 
is a common thread. I'm definitely, another thing that I've noticed is people that are altruists, they, they want to make the world a better place and it's a very high priority for them. So people that um, are healers that have some type of, that they just have this like deep quest to make, make things better, make humanity better, make our experience better or make the earth better, you know, create sustainability, create awareness, consciousness, just um, deep, deep change and deep uh, philanthropy. And um, I work with codependency a lot too, which is um, the way that it manifests in my work is, is healing the wounded healer and helping people who do want to make the world a better place, helping them heal themselves so that they can do it in a way that's not karmically entangled, do it in a way that's not um, getting themselves involved in the drama triangle or making it about them doing, giving neutral service and healing from a place that's going to be a higher elevation so that they can be more impactful and not have it drain them, not have it create more drama in their life. Do you have any events or anything coming up that you would like our listeners to know about? Yes, yes, I am. Um, first, we have the chain reactor, which is something that I developed with my uh, my business partners in the Supernova Society. So if anyone wants to join the Supernova Society, it is an online Facebook um, support group of sorts where we post ideals and we do group coaching. We have this thing called Woo Woo Wednesday where we have um uh, people that are, you know, considered like woo-woo, like we have like astrologists and uh, other psychics and tarot card readers and, and healers of all sorts. And we do that. And then we have um, a Taco Tuesday um, every so often where we look at uh, TED Talks and different um, themes with uh, podcasts and videos and things that are out there. And then we have a, a group discussion. And so the chain reactor is a, is a six part module where we go through, it's, it's basically the hero's journey. So it's learning how to navigate this simulation that we call life. So we look at stories and it's in a, in a way I like to frame it as we're, we're doing like a role player game here on in this life that the, the real us is somewhere in the ether with like a VR headset on or something like that. And so we're here on this earth, you know, in, in its 3D form doing doing strange, uh, <laughs> strange operations. And we- I just picture like a Sims game. Like there's someone playing Sims controlling what we're doing, right? right. <laughs> that's that's what I feel like sometimes life is like. <laughs> exactly, what if that's true? What if it's like that? So, yeah. so the, the chain reactor basically takes you through story, you know, so so I went to, I went to school for video game design back in the back in the day for um, at Full Sail in Orlando. And so we, it starts out with just like storyboarding. We have to come up with a story, like what is the simulation gonna be? And so um, in the chain reactor, we've got the first module is stories where we kind of unpack like what, what's, what is the story theme of our life? And then what, what character are we playing? And then um, how can we upgrade that? How can we shift our mindset around that so that we get to be the type of hero in our story that we want to be and not the victim. And, um, and then at any point you can decide this is not how my story is going to end. And so it's giving people tools to change that. Then we go through relationships and understanding the way that we interact with other people doing the simulation, these other holograms in our life. Um, and then the dark side of relationships and how to navigate that and what the, what the, the templates for that might be. 
and then we go into shadow and so that's like when the hero has to face you know the the villain inside themselves or that's kind of how how it's framed but it's really not a villain but and then the secret is that underneath the shadow is our greatest superpowers so we take you through that and then we go into um the inner child work because often a lot of these these shadows are implanted you know around the, the childhood and so we go through and we um we heal and we upgrade and we get you know plugins to how you know how to reframe the childhood and to feel whole and then let's see and then we do uh, connecting to joy which is really the point of all of this and at the very end we do action as manifest which is how to in turn move forward from this program to set goals to um to to create your reality to start you know creating the simulation that you want not the one that you don't want you know to upgrade your whole experience and to uh to have more fun have more joy that sounds like a great experience. <clears throat> yes. And yeah. then people can always work with me one-on-one -on -one as well. Um, that's the program that's already created and I'm developing an intuition program right now and um, a how to get out of your own way program that's um, closely related to the, the hero's journey as well. And, uh, you know, avoiding self-sabotage is, you know, getting out of your own way is the same, the same neighborhood. And then working with me one-on-one -on -one is <clears throat> I have psychic calls that I do um, and we can do like one-offs with that where it's like 90 minutes where we take a deep dive into um, messaging from your spirit guides. And so I, I channel before the call and I would talk to your spirit. My, my guides have talked to your guides. Get my people, your people <laughs> talk about the hashtags then too. So <laughs> For, for archive love um but we uh so basically i would get a message for you from your spirit guides um and then you get to choose if you want me to do an akashic records reading or a um or channel a loved one that's crossed over and then we tie it all up in a nice bow with how, how to apply this that's the way that i'm different from other um psychic mediums is um rather than just telling you, here's the, the transmission, here's the reading, okay, have a nice day. I say, okay, now that you've got this information, how do you integrate it? How do you apply mm -hmm. it to your life? And so the last part of the call is, um, is coaching and kind of working you through <clears throat> what you're going to do now, now that you have this information, rather than just like, okay, well, that was weird or cool or creepy or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I've definitely had psychic readings where they just give you all this information and you're like, okay, well, that was cool, but now what? <laughs> like, exactly, you know? yeah. exactly. So, so um, you know, usually it's these things are coming up, these questions, these quests, these these things that you're, the reason that you get on a call with somebody or reach out to, to get this, it's, um, yeah, novelty is great. There's definitely a novel part to that. But then it's like, what can you like really do with this? Like, where, where is the investment going? And so um, what I do that's that's different is really teaching you to apply what you learn in the, in the psychic part of the call, like, you know, why are your spirit guides telling you this and what can you do? And it's always related to a problem, but, you know, I'll say, okay, this is what they're telling you. And then the person will be like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm going through right now. I'm so like mind blown this. Um, I'm dealing with this, you know, difficult situation and I just couldn't get past this, this block with it. And so the guides will give some clear direction and then I talk about how to integrate it on this dimension and like action steps and setting goals and applying it, you know, giving homework and things like that so that a person can have action steps to 
to make it, to help it change their lives. Like it changes people's lives, like in one call. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's really my goal that I set out every morning when I'm doing my, my meditation and asking spirit to use me as a, as a healing presence, as a, as a tool of the divine to create more glory, more joy, more love in people's lives. I, I say, um, who can I help so powerfully today that they remember this for the rest of their lives? And that's how I approach each call. And, um, and just like we, we did intentions at the beginning of this call. And uh, I feel like it's going great. I think intentions are so magical. It's such a beautiful way to like set the container and really give yourself a path. Like mm. go where you're looking, look where you're going. You have to set intentions to do that. So <clears throat> every morning I, I set that intention of, of helping someone in such a profound way that they remember for the rest of their life. It's been going really great. That's really, really beautiful. Is there uh, ever a time when it, you struggle to get in touch with someone who has passed on? Can you always connect with them or is there times when you can't? So and what does that look like? What does that look like question. when that happens? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm, I have, um, it, I'm almost always able to do it. Um, and that's been, so depending on how, bold their personality was how outgoing they were in life um it's that's how loud they can be like when we're like one-on-one -on, -one on a call like for instance um jamie skagan's brother uh jesse came through one time when i was like doing a call for someone else and um she she popped on and she was like what are you doing here can you, like oh i would love to channel my brother jesse and bam he was there and i can always feel people there but sometimes they'll be shy or they won't be as bold to like talk or it'll, so typically what I would do is channel them before I get um on the call with the person so that I can have like I can kind of be in trance state you know where I can be really focused on just that and I can hear them and they can <clears throat> they can feel safe to you know come out of hiding or whatever and uh, that's not quite the right word but um so the more bold they were in life the easier it is to just do it on the fly, like without like going into like um, trance state. But mm. when the the times that I've that have been unique and not being able to get through as much, one time I channeled someone's grandmother, and they were um, not English speaking, and so she was doing a lot. So so there weren't a lot of words exchanged, but there was like um, a lot of like uh body language and things like you know grasping her hands yeah. her heart you know things that were like like oh you know like very like grandmotherly like oh you're so adorable and i love you that type of body language and um and then that was really cool because that was one of the calls that i um realized that i do have um the ability to have like taste and smell in my um i've had smell before but like i had taste and that one i could taste the food that she would cook. And so she, so because she wasn't able to give me a lot of English words, she gave me tastes to, to express. And so um, when I got on the call with the, uh, the client, I said, okay, so this is unusual. She wasn't really giving me a lot of words. And so she, and then the client said, oh, well, she didn't speak English and I didn't speak her language. And so we didn't even really have a lot of words between us. And, um, but we would just, uh -huh. you know, hug and we would like, but we would make food together and all this stuff. And so, so it was like, 
amazing to me because it was accurate to that person's experience. Like she didn't even get to have words exchanged with this, with this grandmother. And then, um, and then like getting to taste the, the food that they would make together was just a really great experience. And then the only other times that it's been um, unique and not just a clear channel, um, it gets a little hairy if there's more than one person. Um, so I've started saying like, you know, just choose one person that you want me to yeah. do because otherwise people are like, and and sometimes people will jump in anyway. I've been channeling somebody's mom and like an aunt jumped in. It's like, I'm here too. You know? So that's fine. But when I'm sitting down to do the call, I like people to just choose one person. And then something else that I've noticed just recently, if there has been a lack of communication in life, or there was a like bad blood or resentment or <clears throat> some things that were just like difficult, difficult communication in life. It comes through difficult in, in death as well. And so the only times that I felt like I haven't really like given a great, like very accurate reading has been when somebody was like, had an estranged father and hadn't talked to them since they were kids or like, didn't even know them or <clears throat> didn't have communication with them in life and so like often I wouldn't always know that before the before the call and I would come on just like feeling not as clear and kind of confused and and then then I find out that the person has like all this animosity and they wanted to call them forth in order to tell them you know like damn you da, 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 you know and then that's just not really the energy that I work in like that vibration it's a lower vibration that um retribution resentment um grudges that type of energy just doesn't transmit. I don't mind going there and talking to people about that, if, you know, for their, their healing. But when I'm channeling that, just, it's just not as that there's just not enough bandwidth or something. I think the bandwidth of love is really, really important. The more they, the more passionately they loved each other, it feels like that's, it makes it easier. So, you know, or, and then sometimes even just like, you know, respect or adoration, there's different vibrations of, of human emotions that I think the higher vibration, the connection was the, the easier it is for me to read. Mm. So, so I'm going to start making a rule now that if it's like, you know, if it's a, you know, you want to dig up this person's spirit, cause you have a bone of contention to pick with them. Like, I just, I'm, I just can't, it's not going to be effective. So I'm not going to offer that anymore. So mm. um, I don't mind doing things like you know, feeling into like mysterious death or things like that. I don't mind doing stuff like that, but like just digging up a person to have it out with them. Like, I'm just, that's not my business. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound like it would do any good. So it was, it was, it was like the time that I found myself in that, like I, one time I, it kind of caught me off guard. I didn't realize that that was the, the case, you know, and then I'm like in it, I'm like, okay, well, this is okay. So what I ended up doing is just pivoted and just like helped her deal with her anger and her resentment and kind of get some release with that I just like said okay dad like we're gonna send you back to the <laughs> neither world sorry to disturb you and um and then let's just like work with this person and her anger because it's that's really what it is like you know non-forgiveness is really about the person themselves not the not the other party that they need to forgive like forgiveness is a it's an inside job mm. yeah and going back to what you said about how it depends on how outgoing the person is like how much they show up whatever too it reminded me of when my dad, my dad was very much like kept to himself and was very shy. So when he came through on our psychic reading, he didn't have a whole lot to say. And he did more, you know, like body language and, you know, apparently like he was like putting his head in his hands and like doing things like that. And he was kind of showing um, 
I guess he like things around the house or whatever like he was saying like, oh there's there's still I see there's still a picture of me like in the house and he was you know stuff like that but he was very much like he wasn't he didn't talk a whole lot and so I know like my mom is a super was a super outgoing person so I'm really I'm excited to do a psychic reading involving her because I feel like she's just gonna be like bam I'm here yeah <laughs> um, that's what Jimmy's brother did too he um he just was like large and in charge you know yeah he was like let's do this thing and then I was like okay like let, you know we're technically like we're doing it for this other person let's be polite <clears throat> take turns and so then we ended up doing it um you know at a later call and that's on Facebook too I can um you know potentially give you a link to that if other people mm. want to see that sure um but yeah it was it was really powerful and he um he came through really really accurately I think it was you know, if I had to put a number on it, like 95% accuracy, I think everything was like really spot on. And there was like other people on the call that were, uh, it was a Facebook live that were corroborating. They were like, yeah, and this, that, the other, and like, kind of like saying like, yeah, that's it. That's the person, you know? And it was, it was, it felt really good to just feel, um, to feel really connected and to feel really, uh, like a clear channel and able to, to serve Jamie in that way. And then all the people that knew Jesse too, that were on the, like, following along on the live it was a it was a big scary step for me because that was the first time I'd done something like that <clears throat> in such a public live forum and um and it was really it was really good it was really really good so I'll, Jamie will always have a special place in my heart for facilitating something like that for me is there anything that we haven't talked about on this call yet that you would like people to know thank you thank you yes um so my website is www holly dash hamill it's holly like christmas hamill like camel with an h you can remember me by christmas camel and like find me on social media um instagram is holly dot high underscore priestess i also have a podcast it's called the um holly hamill's hive podcast picture show so mine's like a video podcast and i would love to to flip the script and interview you too kyler um let's see people can work with me one-on-one, um, -on -one, um, not just psychic calls. They can also do transformational guide calls where I you know, bring intuition, but we work very much like in this plane, in this dimension, work through, um, you know, removing blocks, dealing with childhood trauma, ancestral trauma, um, and goal setting, helping, you know, with accountability. Sometimes people just need to really hear the truth about things. They just need a little bit of a spicy, like tough love and, and, and but powerful love, like, feeling held and feeling safe, <clears throat> creating a safe space so that they can really hear um, and see what's what's been stopping them from fully expanding into their greatness and just having another person saying, hey, I've been there too. I know what that feels like. I know, I know what it felt like to feel afraid of my own power, to feel, to feel stuck, to feel like I didn't have a voice, to not be sure if I was worthy of love, like all of those those human experiences that we get through or, or being afraid that what if I'm really like these dark things that are in my shadow, mm. um, we're all of those things. And I guess my, my closing, my closing thing that I want everybody to know is that we are, we are such a multidimensional experience, just having this life. We, we have everything inside us, every human aspect from center to saint, from healer to murderer. We, we have everything inside us and that's okay. We're here to experience all that. And if we don't experience it in, you know, in action, which hopefully we're not going out and experiencing what it feels like to be a murderer <laughs> in action, 
sometimes life will give us these situations where we're like, wow, I want to murder this person. What is that feeling? Um, it's, and, and it's, yeah, we don't want to like let that run amok in our lives. We don't want these things that are, um, against humanity to, to really fully express, but I think it is important to allow them to just have a little bit of breathing room inside our being because otherwise they're going to run in the background of things. And so just like sitting with, sitting with things like rage, sitting with, with things like being judgmental, sitting with uh, any feelings that we deem as, you know, bad, it's, that's really what shadow integration is. And the more that we like go down, we're sometimes we're so quick to judge ourselves or to shun shame, you know, what these, these parts of ourselves that will, will not even let ourselves feel it for a second, but it's still there. And it's still running in the background in the subconscious. And so what I love to do is to take people down into the subconscious and do this shadow integration, because part of the, the trick of this quest, the simulation that we're in is that the, the deepest treasures, the most powerful levels up the most powerful super superpowers that we have the most powerful abilities that we have are hidden under the shadow that we're afraid to look at that we're like no I can't be that it's a shame you know so when we go down and we like dig that up and we look at it we usually find that it's not that bad it's that our imagination is always worse than what it really is and once we look at that and learn how to not judge ourselves for it and to just and to love it then it neutralizes it. It's not running amok in our in the background of our lives anymore. And once we've integrated that shadow, learn to love all of the filthy, kinky, crumb parts of ourselves, then we're able to access the true, true power. And I think that whoever made the simulation, all of us, did this on purpose because you don't want a person with that doesn't have their shadow integrated you know, having this like great power, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And so what I love doing is taking people into this um, shadow realm inside themselves, looking at it, dusting it off, giving it a hug. And then once that is done and they make peace with that, then they realize, wow, there is this power, this like extreme spiritual gift, this access, this key that unlocks like so many more um, doors and opportunities and love and joy and, and, and help for humanity, altruism, um, underneath those things. But unless we go through and do that, then we're never going to fully unlock these, these gifts. So, um, anyway, that was what I wanted to leave with people. So the, the question of what is, what would be under my shadow? What are the things that I don't want to look at? What are the things I'm afraid that I might be like when you're usually when you're judging someone else and being like that disgusting person, it's because you haven't integrated that part of your shadow yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, what if I'm actually like that deep down? Yeah. Yeah. Like what are they mirroring back to me? Right. Like what am I not seeing in myself? Exactly. Exactly. And, and we have all of those things and like what, you know, deems us a good or bad person is really just how well we manage the shadow best way to manage it is to integrate it fully so that we can be these multi-dimensional um fractal light beings that we are and it's a beautiful thing and that's the point that's the quest thanks for letting me unfold into all of those places of course i love it i want to thank you for taking time out of your day to join me on this podcast i had a really great conversation with you so thank you so much Thank you so much. I look forward to uh, spreading this far and wide too and promoting your, your podcast and your 
purpose and the way that you are showing up in the world and healing the world as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, comment, share, and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to your podcast on.